Hello and welcome to Connecting Hawaii Business on a Think Tech Hawaii. My name is Kathleen Lee, owner of Kathleen Lee Consulting, and I am your host for this program. You can catch all of our Think Tech Hawaii shows on thinktechhawaii.com as well as on Think Tech Hawaii's Facebook and YouTube channel. Today, I am excited to introduce Project Koa Yoga, and they are diversifying yoga and wellness in Hawaii. We have um, Project Koa Yoga's co-founders, Laura Nohoyalani Emiko Toyofuku-Aki and Victoria Rowland. Laura and Victoria, thank you and welcome to the show. Aloha, mahalo for having us. Absolutely. So let's go into intros. Tell our viewers about yourselves. Um, Laura, let's start with you. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so as you mentioned, my name is Laura Nohealani Miko Toyofukuaki. Both of uh, my parents are from here on Oahu, but I actually was raised on the mainland in California uh, because I was a part of a military family. Um, and very long story short, I uh, was in New York City right before coming here. I was teaching yoga, a specific trauma-informed practice uh, to incarcerated communities in New York. Um, and I really resonated with that practice and wanted to see what would that look like to bring it to Native, to native folks. Uh, and that brought my journey here to Hawaii along with a lot of family stuff and personal healing. Um, and that all helped to birth Project Koa Yoga. Uh, personally, I'm also a mother. I have an 11 month old, I have two kittens. Um, I am just loving being in Hawaii and so grateful to uh, be here at this time. Thank you. And Victoria, tell us more about yourself. Yes. Well, hello, everyone. I'm obviously Victoria Roland, and I'm here in Wahiwa calling in and joining on this lovely day. Thank you so much for having us. Um, as a co-founder, I kind of uh, relocated here, also a military brat as well, um, and now a military spouse. And a proud, proud, proud daughter of my Filipino mom and African-American father. May he rest in peace, he passed away. Um, but relocating here, I, you know, I took a different initiative in working with um, a different top, type of population in social services. Um, and that's actually how I met Laura. And I also took a different initiative in healing and, and growing and just um, becoming a better me, um, a better daughter, a, a better spouse, a better, a co-worker and all the elements that we'll talk about today. But that's who I am and I'm excited for you all to learn more about Project Koa Yoga. Wonderful. You Let's expand on that. So you, you kind of touched upon how you met. Could you mm -hmm. folks expand more on that? What, what brought you two together and what made you go, hey, let's, let's start this, this amazing thing together? Yeah, so... Um, I'll share Victoria and I had known each other for some time. We met during COVID, um, which I think in a world that wasn't really making contact and meeting, it was a really a beautiful connection. And right away we got along. Um, and we had I had decided that Project Co Yoga was going to become an official business. And right around the same time, literally weeks apart, I found out I was pregnant. Um, and so I had to really reevaluate uh, what would it be like to birth a child as well as birth a business. And someone recommended uh, taking 
a business partner and what that would look like for a partnership. And Victoria and I literally talked the next day. And this is, I think, the yoga practice, right? The messages of the universe and our ancestors. The next day we spoke and it just fell out of my mouth asking her like, hey, would you be up to doing this with me? And I will let her share her experience. Um, but I will say it was exactly what, what I needed at that time in my life and exactly what Project Koa needed. Yeah, thank you, Laura. You know, I always love when she passes it off to me at this point because I get that emotional feeling of connectiveness and community. And I think that's why everything just aligns so perfectly. And in how we met, because I have a very deep understanding and awareness with social service programs and, and different types of approaches working with survivors and victims and those that are finding different alternatives and options. And this was never really a big thing in our community. When I say this, I mean yoga and wellness and different practices. And when I say our community, it is Native Hawaiians, it's people of color, it's African-Americans, it's black folks, it's indigenous people. Um, and all the things that she said that was coming out of her mouth were resonating, connecting. And I said, you know, part of this community is building up and supporting wonderful ideas like this for other folks who also wanna build up and support other people in the community. And I just felt like it was just the right thing to do at the right time. I think that's wonderful. Uh, you, you sort of already touched upon it, but what inspired you both to, to start mm -hmm. Project Koa Yoga? Based on the experiences that you talked about and your background as well, because it, mm -hmm. you know, um, reading your bios off the bat, I'm like, okay, these are individuals who really are meant to help people more in like a, but um, it, it seems like it's more of like a social service aspect, but then you have the yoga and Victoria, as you mentioned, like the wellness aspect. Uh, tell me more about that. Like what inspired you to, to be that specific um, mm -hmm. in, in your niche? Yeah, mm -hmm. um, so I'll start. When I was getting ready to teach yoga, um, I have been practicing already for about 10 years and just didn't really feel welcome or like community existed in a lot of commercial yoga spaces. And so I connected with a nonprofit organization in New York providing yoga for incarcerated communities. In that space, it really served as a mirror on my own healing, my own trauma, um, my own things that I needed to still process and work through. And because of that, um, I really found it to be potent and powerful, but most importantly, that that happened in community. Um, and so that was really the idea that this is, this is something magical. And when coming to Hawaii, uh, it started by looking around and seeing who's doing this work. I'm a big believer if someone's already doing it, like let's, let's all do it together. Again, this is the community piece. And I couldn't find anyone doing the work. Um, and so I just started reaching out to nonprofits, like literally sending emails out and had a hard time getting folks buy-in. Um, and, and I found out a lot of the reasons why, and we can talk about those later. Um, but I knew that it was powerful. I knew that there was a lot here and I just needed to find a way to provide, to provide this uh, specific skill set. Um, and, and I think a big piece of the skill set is showing folks that all these tools are available to you if maybe you're even already doing that. Right? Maybe you already recognize you have them, but the one thing we all have is we have the strength and resiliency inside of us. Um, and so we're just kind of shining a light on that piece of people. 
Yeah. And I think for me, just to kind of support this idea, coming from someone right with that social service background, um, this is healing, right? You think that yoga is this wonderful community of just like healing folks, but it's so much more, right? It is an actual billion dollar business. It runs, it operates, it has entities and components and plans and strategies. It's not a, hey, I just want to, you know, purchase this uh, plan and, and I'm going to be a part of this yoga teacher. And being someone in, the, in that community that's outside of yoga, of the business of yoga and the billions of dollars that are connected to it, I didn't understand how it wasn't inviting to the other part, which is the social enterprises, the social um, services. And when I met Laura, that was her initiative. That was the gap that was missing in Hawaii. We have studios, we have practices on the beach. We have all the things that people think of when they think of yoga and wellness, but they don't see the backside of it because these are still our people. These are still our mothers and daughters. These are still our fathers, brothers. These are still our business owners, our workers that work more than nine to fives. They work 60 hour work weeks. Where's the healing? Where's the wellness? You know, And it's so many different components than people think of with just yoga and physical and um, spiritual kind of practices. Victoria, you absolutely just blew through my next question for you, which is awesome. Why did you choose to focus on marginalized communities? So you, you can expand yeah. on that for a minute. <laughs> yes, I love this. This is, this is exactly what we talk about when we talk about businesses and we talk about community. It's almost like you're wrapping around services and it's never just this one entity. It's never just this one element, right? So a lot of people think of these different uh, entities of wellness. And we could talk about that, right? We could talk about that really quick. It's the physical, like, let's get our mental health and emotional health. Let's get some mental health services going. Let's go to the gym. Let's do yoga, Pilates. Let's go to, um, you know, uh, our spiritual leader. Let's meditate. Let's go to our other entities that we worship, even religious practices, right? But we don't think about the other components that make us everyday human beings, that we need to normalize these we to normalize these different entities right so let's talk about the other elements that people don't really resonate with we have environmental wellness and that's really your surroundings right we talk a lot about aina here we talk a lot about our cultural our existent our communities and our natural settings that we really don't uh, appreciate when we have like these dark moments or when we have these celebrations right and then we, we and then just going into deeper elements of wellness we have occupational wellness. That's like working. Like who doesn't work? Who's not a part of a business? Whether you're a CEO or frontline worker or you're on a with a union, like are we taking care of ourselves at work? There's a lot of initiatives with folks taking care of their folks and their companies now. And then we have just like the simple things that people don't think about is like wellness, like social. Like you gotta be a really strong person. Like Laura said it, right? She's like during COVID, uh, people were very isolated. People weren't connecting and building relationships. So some social awareness was really off. And, you know, just to make a little joke here, like people started to go back out, right? And it was like socially awkward for people. It's like, oh, I didn't know it was like that. It's so socially <laughs> awkward for me. Just, I mean, you know, but yes, you, you're, you're on the right track there. Yeah, so we think we don't think about these things, but that's part of diversifying 
not just the faces, but what yoga and wellness is for us. And we hope to do that all around um, and hit the parts of our community that are business, that are corporate, that are social services, um, that are studios, gyms, and areas like that. Let's go back to basics um, and then we'll go on break. But what is Project Koa Yoga? Yeah, so we are a yoga movement trying to diversify, make yoga and wellness in Hawaii uh, more inclusive and accessible. Uh, we, are in trying to, we are trying to invite folks in. Um, and really say that this is for you, that this knowledge, this information is for you. It always was for you. Uh, it is your birthright to be well. It is your birthright to rest. Uh, it is your birthright to be healthy. Um, yeah, that's who we are. I like that. Succinct, right? <laughs> Brief, but there's, there's so much more to it. And I appreciate that you are, are able to compile that in a brief sentence. So we are going to go on a short break, but when we return, we'll delve more into what Project Koa Yoga offers for the community. So we'll be right back. Welcome back to Connecting Hawaii Business. Today we are talking about Project Koa Yoga with Laura Nohoyalani Amiko Toyofukuaki and Victoria Rowland. We were talking about what Project Koa Yoga is. Um, and let, let's talk more about since we, um, or the purpose of Project Koa Yoga is to be more inclusive. So part of inclusivity is talking about accessibility. Victoria, could you go over that a little bit further? Yes, sure. Um, you know, when you when I introduced myself and we and, I, and Laura introduced herself, I wanted to bring out that we are women of color, right? And we're on Think Tech Hawaii, right? So it's not we're not going to shy away from the conversation of bringing mental health awareness yoga and wellness, uh, accessibility to all bodies without not mentioning people of color, indigenous folks. Um, because there's a lot of cultural practices that can be incorporated just because we use the target word yoga and wellness. We, and we still want to make sure that we, as a community know that we specialize in that, right? Um, and then we also realize that 
we identify, Laura and I, as women of color. Not everyone does. Not everyone identifies as a woman. Not everybody identifies as that cisgender uh, role. So we include all genders. We especially include Mahu, which is, you know, very indigenous and native to Hawaii. Um, and that's not, we can't say that's a lot of other communities that represent that. Um, and again, all bodies, right? Um, and when we say all bodies, we mean that of different disabilities and capabilities. Um, and that includes movement and that includes shape and accessibility. Um, and Laura, when she really invited this idea, accessibility also includes, and being inclusive also includes the idea of those that can be in these places. Um, and sometimes people can't go to yoga studios. People don't have access to online platforms that exist, memberships, subscriptions. Um, so that's one thing that I love about Laura's um, idea of it incorporating into this as a business because we do that naturally in social services. Um, and I'll let Laura talk about that because that was like a ding, ding, ding. Um, and it was like, wow, we can do this. We can bring it to people that it's normally not accessible to and they're not included in this dynamic. Yeah, thank you, Victoria. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so to really, again, repeat that we focus on BIPOC, Black, Indigenous, People of Color, um, and QTIA Mahu. Um, and that's who we center as our teachers, that's who we center as our students, uh, because oftentimes in regards to yoga, wellness, health, access, uh, those are the communities that are left out. Um, and Victoria was mentioning that eight dimensions of wellness, and, and you can find out more on our website, but the big piece of the huge barrier in the yoga uh, community in, in America and in the West can be financial access. Um, and I think a part of that is as designed. It is designed to be exclusive. It is designed to be aspirational. Um, but the other side to that is it makes it exclusive. Uh, and we are really trying to change that model and change uh, that dynamic here. Um, and so the way we did that is by setting up a business model that is specifically designed to remove that barrier. Um, and that was how it started from the very, very beginning. Um, and yeah, do you want me to share more about this business model? Or wait? Yes, yes, okay. Okay. please. Okay, perfect. Um, so our first, a part of our business model, how it started was we started offering yoga directly to social service providers, nonprofits on the island. We're working with native Hawaiian populations. Um, and we offer those classes completely free to the clients. So it was a trauma-informed yoga practice. This isn't what you're gonna see in a, a yoga, typically in a yoga studio, um, because we are incorporating what is relevant to who we're coming to see. So that means we include talk story, that means we are connecting on a communal level, on a people level, uh, more than just, hey, can you lift your leg over your head? And I know that's like really uh, simplifying yoga and yoga in the West, but you're trying to make it more than just the asana. We also do movement, somatics and yoga asana. We do meditation, we do pranayama, we do all these other pieces, but we went directly to sites. So, the barriers we are thinking about in that is financial access. Clients don't have to pay. These are clients who are houseless, who are dealing with substance use, with abuse. 
the last thing they need to worry about is a $25 fee to get into a yoga studio or yoga class. We are eliminating the transportation. So we are going to you, a lot of these folks don't have cars, right? So they're taking bus uh, lines. A lot of studios aren't accessible on bus lines. Um, and then if there is a disability, how accessible is the studio to folks who need to go upstairs, who need to um, find different ways and, and guides to get around spaces. So we were trying to be as accessible in that regards to our first round of classes and programs. Our second piece is we uh, do a weekly uh, BIPOC movement or yoga class where we feature BIPOC teachers that are already in the community. And our focus here is to say, hey, there is diversity. These teachers are amazing. They're already doing awesome work. They're entrepreneurs in their own right. Like, let's all celebrate this. And uh, there's a teacher out uh, in the world who, who talks about what it shows us as when you are collaborative, right? When we are being generative in our spaces. And that's exactly what we're trying to do at Project Koa Yoga. It's not about you're my competition. It's but there's an abundance here, there's a wealth here. And the more people who know it, the more people who have these tools, the better, the healthier we are as a people. And then the third piece that we do is we offer a 200 hour yoga teacher training, which typically runs about $4,000 uh, to participate in this training, uh, not including any fees for uh, registrations after. Uh, and we are offering it 100% scholarship for BIPOC QTIA Mahu folks. Uh, and this is our big leap forward into how we diversify the teaching population in Hawaii. If we certify more folks, if we get them into more commercial spaces, and again, if, you, if they can bring these tools home, right, this is the goal. Victoria, did you want to add to that? Oh, maybe some tears of excitement and joy. Um, that is it. That is us. And I, I do want to thank you, Kathleen, because you knew you knew what I wanted to say. Um, the third piece that she mentioned is so connective to me right now because, as that co-founder that I am, as the person with the social service background, I planned many programs to include yoga and to include movement. And guess what? I never saw myself as a yoga teacher. <laughs> I never saw myself as a meditation uh, teacher. And being with Laura this past year, as we celebrate our year of birthing of this business that she really has let me join in as, um, I'm like the co-mama actually, it's not the co-founder. Um, yeah. And, <laughs> and, you know, it really made me realize like I'm that person, I'm that a uh, BIPOC person who wants to be seen. I'm that person who wants to lead a class of others that want to be seen like me. I want to be included. I don't want to feel like I have to pay $4,000 to be enriched with these practices that I could take to my family, take to the, my friends, hold space. Um, so I'm part of this first cohort of becoming a teacher. Um, and in my learnings, I'm like, I'm more into meditation. So I'm really excited to be um, that kind of teacher that can be in these spaces now. Um, and I just want to thank, look, look at me thanking Laura of Project Koa Yoga. And I'm like over here, like, duh, thank yourself. <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful. Sorry. We forget to do that sometimes, right? Mm -hmm. We acknowledge ourselves and it's good to, to be reminded of that. Yeah. I, I should have asked this earlier. 
um, with all the wonderful things that Project Koa Yoga has um, created so far, what are some challenges that you have ran into, especially since you're and you folks are likely mm -hmm. um, on a reflective mode because you mentioned mm -hmm. you're hitting your one year anniversary. Mm -hmm. Is that mm -hmm. like in August or? Mm -hmm. That's exciting. I'm glad I have you guys on the show so we can talk <laughs> about how your one year anniversary is coming up. But what were some challenges that you ran mm -hmm. into in launching the business this past year? Yeah, um, you know, I think the challenges we ran into were more personal than they were um, mm -hmm. about the business. I think balancing being, for me personally, balancing being a new mom and finding all the time to do all of the things that are so exciting uh, was a big challenge. Feeling okay, asking my community for help and support uh, was a big challenge. Uh, upholding boundaries, prioritizing my rest and my, my self-care, my welfare is a challenge, I think. All of the things that you see um, for people starting a business, but especially women of color starting a business, uh, I think we experienced firsthand uh, having the confidence to celebrate ourselves, to uh, yell at the top of our lungs, like, this is what we're doing and this is why we're awesome. Like, yeah, that feels terrifying all the time. And I will say, like, the remedy to all of it has been having Victoria. Like, we literally call each other and leave voice messages for each other like uh can i do this and, and have to celebrate each other until until we find that voice within ourselves yeah i can to totally agree <laughs> um and she's like really nicely saying that as a business owner um and i'm here with the challenges of wow laura like we own a business um, and we, you know, and we talked about that earlier, it was intentional to not go as a nonprofit um, um, because this is a billion dollar industry um, and we deserve some of that to pour back into our community, not necessarily have to ask necessarily, we could, um, you know, pro make profits in different ways. Um, and that's part of our growth is really um, facing those challenges, right? And, and working in our community and like she said, asking for help as business owners in this field of where it's not predominantly women of color which intent you know which is not um necessarily like a biggest strength challenge but it could be a strength too because it helps in other areas of our life um, but the first year like any other business we have those natural challenges of taxes and what's making what's the profit where's the profit here <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do appreciate how you talk about that, though, you know, uh, and the decision that you made, because we, I think as women of color, we, we can take up space, like, it's okay to do that. And I'm glad that you folks are out there spreading that message and, and setting that example saying, hey, we can do it in this way, in the way that we're doing it. Um, mm -hmm. I think that is absolutely wonderful. Uh, are there any lessons learned that you would like to share? with anyone who may end up watching this program. Yes, I would like to start by very much genuinely saying like how I met Laura and how I'm engaging in the community so differently, like alongside 
almost 24 other participants in this cohort that are going to be our future teachers, that are going to be these future entrepreneurs, that are going to be even maybe these social service directors like myself. Um, and we're going to be in these spaces and we're going to be in community. I think a lesson learned is that we have been used to, and I say we, because I'll say the queer community, the people of color, women, you know, all the folks in the, our marginalized communities that don't have necessarily the same access to um, a resource for taxes. And we look for people to help us with a free agency that can help us with starting up a business or how do I apply for a business grant? Those are the unique, unique um, challenges that I think was a mis We learned from this mistake because we have to reach out, right? And we have to be ready as these people that experience this in like maybe us in a year to for people to reach into us and we give them that same guidance and i think that started even with our bipoc classes when we reached out they were like oh you're going to do a separate day for me to lead a queer class during pride that's not usual yeah we are going to do it are you ready and they're like yeah i'm actually ready like wow i didn't even know that that was an act that could happen um, and it's not necessarily a mistake, but I think we do this to ourselves and we need, we just need to continue to build up our people. Yeah, I think the thing I would add when um, starting a business is it's really hard in the West to not get consumed with the structures of colonization and capitalism. And you don't have to do that. Um, and so our, our two core values, the promises that Victoria and I made to each other when starting this business was to stay grounded in Aloha and stay grounded in Pono. And what is Pono for us um, and, and for Hawaii uh, and for the communities we're serving. And I think we've been super intentional about not being about profit, not being about competition, not being about you are my enemy because uh, you are doing something similar um, and really positioning ourselves and grounding ourselves in abundance. Um, and it can get hard. It can get really tricky. It's so uh, easy to quickly get caught up in, in business. Um, and both of us have a background of some sort in business. And so we get that. Uh, so it takes a lot of mindfulness, a lot of intention to say like, that's not who I'm becoming. That's not who I want to be. Um, that's not who I want to be as co-mama of this business. And that's not the type of ancestor I'm becoming. Um, and so when we think about that and we keep reminding each other, like, what is the purpose? You know, what are we fighting for? What are we doing? And what we are trying to do, the things we are fighting for, it takes energy. Um, and that energy has to go to, to the work of Project Koa Yoga and not to all the other things. I love that. That is that is very intentional. Um, do you have any upcoming programs or events that you would like to talk about? Yeah, we run a weekly BIPOC class. Uh, please check out our schedule. Uh, so if you identify as Black, Indigenous, or a person of color, we invite you to participate. Um, we also have our our one-year birthday party coming up um, on August 6th. It's going to be super low-key. Um, but if you're curious and want to meet us and, and meet our community, that's a great place uh, to, to do it. Um, and then we have a monthly free restorative yoga class uh, that we are offering this coming Saturday in Kailua. So always uh, invited. It is for uh, survivors, first responders, social service 
uh, providers, teachers. So if you identify with any of those things, uh, you're welcome to that space. And, and stay in touch with us. We will have another teacher training cohort coming. It is already in the works for next year. Uh, and we will also be opening up trainings to everyone uh, for a paid fee. Wonderful. So let's pull up your website. If people would like to get a hold of you folks, how do they go about it doing that? Yeah, yes. so they can get a hold of us at our website, uh, projectcoayoga.com. Social media, we're probably on a little more frequently. Um, so Project Koa Yoga is our uh, handle on Instagram, um, but our email is also info at projectcoayoga.com and we're on that quite frequently as well. Wonderful. And is there anything else that you would like to add before we end today's show? No, no, no. Um, I, I just want to thank you all for your time. And I know it just, it, it's really uh, supporting us in our uh, expansion of services. Um, I know we don't talk about this a lot, but it is a big part of Project Koa Yoga, like Laura said, is bringing our practices to folks and different programs uh, with some partnering agencies. So if you are a nonprofit agency or you're interested in um, having us do a special program for you or your youth or your vets or um, your teachers, you can also hit us up because we would love to incorporate some type of wellness for your uh, program and for your people as well. Thank you. And thank you again, Laura and Victoria of Project Koa Yoga for joining us on today's show. I would also like to thank Jay Fidel and the entire staff at ThinkTech Hawaii for making programs like this possible. Today we had Haley and Eric who helped us out. Until next time, aloha. Thank you so much for watching Think Tech Hawaii. If you like what we do, please like us and click the subscribe button on YouTube and the follow button on Vimeo. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn, and donate to us at thinktechhawaii.com. Mahalo.